0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Radio show on Appleseed Radio. The Rifleman Radio show is brought to you by the Appleseed Project, which is the sole project of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. And I want to make sure everybody understands the Revolutionary War Veterans Association is not uh, some type of. Uh, Society for Creative Anachronisms uh, program. We don't uh, dash about in frilly shirts or salute each other by yelling out, top of the morning, Governor. We, uh, We are a program designed to teach the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the United States today. And while we're doing so, We try to make folks understand what their responsibilities are as Americans. And the way to do that is to teach them about those who have come before, about the founding fathers, about the men and women who stood together on April 19, 1775, which was the beginning of our nation. Why did they do it? How did it happen? What events led to the beginning of our nation? It's important that you know these things. It's important that you understand where you came from, where the nation came from, who you are, so that you'll understand what you have to do. And we do the uh, we do the best possible job of that uh, of any program in the United States. There's nothing else that that even comes close to doing what we do. There's nothing else there are, are no other programs in the United States like this. Number 1, as I said, we teach the absolute best Fundamentals of Rifle Marksmanship program in the United States today. That's the absolute best. Nobody has a program that is going to give you the skills and techniques uh, all uh, all in one place, all at one time, and in a, a format that is easy to understand and easy to put to use. Now, I don't say that that it's going to make you an instant rifle marksman. Uh, Because, as with any skill, it takes uh, practice, it takes repetition to do that. But what we're going to do is we're going to give you all of the skills and techniques that you need in order to put you on that path to get you going. And like I said, then we're going to talk to you about uh, the things that you are going to need that you need to know about the... The day that our nation started, April nineteenth, seventeen seventy-five, <clears throat> about the men and women who stood together in ranks on that day. All right, so if you wanted to attend one of these apple seed rifle marksmanship weekends, how would you even find out? Uh, how would you find out where to go to attend one? And I'll tell you right now that there is a there is a Appleseed rifle marksmanship event within reasonable driving distance from you every single weekend of the year, all right? Every weekend of the year there is a r- Appleseed rifle marksmanship uh event going on within a reasonable driving distance of you. And so you want to figure out how to go to one of these. You want to figure out where it is and know, figure out the information about it. Well, here's what you do. You go to rwva.org. That's our home page. Across the uh, top of the page, you'll see a bunch of different links. Now, there are plenty of links up here to give you uh, all different kinds of information. There is the uh, uh, there is information on the events, where they are, how to get to them. There's information about uh, who we are, what we do. Uh, there's a link to the forum. There's links to, so that you can email any questions you have to us. Right now, we're going to look at the the link that is uh, at the top of the page, second over from the left. It says Appleseed. Now the second uh, the second tab down says Schedule. You put your cursor on that, you click it, and you come to the page that has a map of the United States on it. Now, if you know what state you want to go to attend an event in, you can just click on that state, and it'll take you to the events in that state. If you want to see the events all across the United States, then uh, uh, then you can go to. Uh, there's a hot link embedded in the in the page. They will take you to all of the events across the United States. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> now, the events will be listed by the, the alphabetical order of the cities that they're in, and then you can look beside them and you'll see the state, and then you'll see the the month and the date. Now, once you've decided on a location, on a city and a date, <coughs> there are two other hot links to the right of that. One says information and one says register. The information page will give you all of the information you need for that specific event on that specific date. Uh, it will tell you uh, uh, the location, uh, any special rules, laws, etc. Uh, it'll give you uh, directions on how to get there, contact information for the folks that are hosting it, etc. Uh, Be sure and check that out. And then right below that is another link that says Register. Now, that link takes you to the uh, Eventbrite, uh, the third-party software that we use for registration. And registering, pre-registering, is important because uh, in order to ensure that you have a place on the firing line, you're going to need to be registered. You can take your chance and try and walk on if you want, but that's not always successful, and it's going to cost you more money. So once you've decided uh, on a a location and a date, go ahead and get registered, all right? That that ensures that you have a place on the line, and it helps us. As I said, we're having events all across the nation every weekend. Means We've got to get a lot of uh, instructors out to different places. We've got to get a lot of supplies out there. We've got uh, uh, airline flights, hotels, uh, supplies that have to be shipped out. And the way that we determine how many instructors and how much uh, supplies that uh, will be needed is by looking at the pre-registration numbers. All right, so you're helping yourself and you're helping us. Now I said it will help you uh, price-wise, and uh, and let me pull up that uh, the information real quick. And make sure that I'm giving you the correct, up-to-date information on that. Now, as I said, this is a uh, the Appleseed Project. Two-Day Rifle Markership Clinic is an all-volunteer grassroots uh, organization, and the whole thing is run by volunteers. Nobody's getting paid for this. So what we're doing is we're trying to run this program at the very, uh, on the the lowest price that we can in order to get folks to, uh, to attend it, because we're we're not interested in making money, uh, and believe me, we don't. Despite all this stuff that you hear about us having a huge uh, uh, bankroll of cash and stuff, uh, we run very close. Uh, we run very close with the money because we're not charging the two hundred and fifty to seven hundred dollars uh, for the weekend that uh, that most weekends of uh, uh, firearm destruction is going to cost you. We're we're going to charge you 70 bucks for two days, and you're going to get the instructional material and a T-shirt thrown in with that. Because as I said, we're not we're not interested in the money. Uh, we're more interested in making riflemen and getting the instruction information out there. And and believe me, I'm going to tell you this for a few seconds here, we've got a lot of free category too. Uh, if we were interested in money, if that's what was driving us, there wouldn't be any free categories. But there are quite a few. Now, as I said, if you pre-register, it's going to cost you seventy bucks for the two days, and you'll get the uh, instructional material and a T-shirt with that. Uh, if you go for one day, it's going to be forty-five bucks. This is pre-registration. Now, if you walk on, it's going to be another ten bucks, uh, and that's without a guarantee. So, <clears throat> for the uh, for the non free category, seventy dollars pre registration for two full days, forty five dollars for a single day. Let me tell you that if you're going to come for a single day, I suggest you come on Saturday. Saturday is where we do the uh the main bulk of the instruction. Where we put the instruction out to you and you we give it to you piece by piece and start working on it. Now Sunday is a day that uh that we start running through the instruction. So if you have a choice make your single day a saturday <clears throat> all right now if you're a woman or a child a child being a a person under 21 years of age the women's charge is ten dollars and the youth is five dollars <throat> now these two used to be free and uh... And the only problem with it being free was, because it was free, uh, people would just go and sign up, and since it was free, they, they didn't feel like they had anything invested in it, so a lot of people weren't showing up. They were coming to the events sooner or later, but uh, but because they didn't have anything invested in it, they just figured, well, if I don't go this time, I can go next time, And which is fine, except that uh this is- was causing us a great deal of havoc in uh in scheduling instructors and material and stuff like that so now we just have a very minimal uh charge of ten dollars for women and five dollars for use uh just to uh, to give them a uh a bit of a stake in this now ten dollars is still $60 less than the $70 for everybody else. And it's uh, it's still much less than the 250 to $700 that you would normally pay for a weekend of rifle marksmanship. So I consider $10 to be uh, an absolutely fantastic deal. All right, now we have quite a few free. Categories. If you're active duty guard and reserve, then your shooting is free. If you're a law enforcement officer, then you will be shooting free. And uh, there are some other uh, there are some other categories that are free. And then there is also the discretion of the shoot boss. If you have uh, uh, if you have a disability, if you uh, have some special dispensation and you'd like to talk to the person at that specific event about it, then I encourage you to do so. Look on the event information page. Find out who is uh, the contact information. Get in touch with that person. Find out who's shoot-bossing the event and talk to them Uh, because uh, the shoot-boss has the discretion uh, on whether to uh, allow any additional persons in for free. So I encourage you to do that. So... We've got active duty guard and reserve free. Law enforcement officers free. Uh, women for $10. Youths for $5. Men, uh, not in the free category. $70 pre-registration. $80 if you walk on. $45 for a single day, which I encourage you to do to pick Saturday on. Or $50 if you don't pre-register for a single day. That's the pricing. Any other questions that you have, please feel free to email us. And you can do that by going to the homepage at rwva.org. Looking at the far right-hand side, you'll see a link that says Email. You click on that, it will give you two ways to email. You can either email general questions to the Appleseed staff, or if you have specific questions that you'd like to speak to somebody in your state about, you can do so as well by clicking on the state you're in. And then that will pop open a Windows Live Mail program, and you can email your state uh, person directly. So I encourage you, if you have any questions about anything, please email us. We'll be glad to answer any questions. There's also a FACTS, a Frequently Asked Question tab on the home page. Hit that first. Give that a hit. Uh, Even if you think you know everything about what you're getting ready to do, Give that a hit because it'll take it'll tell you about uh, things that you need to do to prepare and it might answer some questions that you didn't know you had. So be sure and check out all of the stuff that the the RWVA.org homepage has to offer because it has a lot of good information there. <clears throat> Alright, now uh we're gonna go back to the upcoming events. Alright, because uh as I said at the beginning, we have events uh, going on every weekend of the year within reasonable driving range of you no matter where you are and when i say reasonable driving range uh, i'm not talking about 20 miles okay because that while it's certainly reasonable there are plenty of other distances that are not unreasonable all right when i went to my first event i believe it was about uh i think about 1500 miles Uh, that I drove uh, one way to get there. And I consider that to be, uh, while not absolutely reasonable, I felt that it wasn't unreasonable because of the expectations I had of the instruction I was going to receive at that event. And believe me, it was well worth the drive. Now, you're not going to have to drive that far because, We have expanded greatly since then. So when I say reasonable driving distance, I mean uh, somewhere between, uh, I'll say, 50 to 300 miles. You should be able to pick up an event every weekend of the year, all right? You want one closer? Contact us. Get us a range. We'll bring it right to your doorstep. Uh, We're one of the only programs in the nation that will do that. You want an event in your town? You contact us, you get a range set up, uh, and you don't have to get it set up. All you have to do is get the range to okay, having an Appleseed event there, and we will do everything else. We're a turnkey operation. That means that if you get uh, a range that says, yes, we'd like to host an Appleseed, you let us know, you give us the contact information, and we'll take it from there. We'll bring everything in. We'll bring in uh, instructors, all the supplies, equipment, targets, backers, uh, whatever it takes to have an event, we'll bring it in. All right. I don't think it gets much easier than that. You want one closer than uh, than one you see or hear about today on this page, then you set it up. You set it up and we will come. I guarantee it. But, until you get one set up, here are the ones that uh, are coming at you. Starting the weekend of February 19th and 20th, we're going to begin in Bedford, Indiana, followed by Castro Valley, California, Columbiana, Alabama. Corona, California, Hastings, Nebraska, Lemoore, California, Manheim, Pennsylvania, New Martinsville, West Virginia, New Smyrna Beach, Florida, North Fayetteville, North Carolina, Peterborough, New Hampshire, Piru, California, Pittsburgh, Kansas, Sacramento, California, St. Augustine, Florida, Saturday, February 19th, in Saratoga, New York, is a one-day event. All right. Uh we've uh we've opened up having one-day events uh for many reasons. Uh there is the uh the plain and simple fact that a lot of folks can't get off two days on a weekend. Or a lot of folks don't want to take Sundays off because they have uh uh church responsibilities. Uh and a lot of different reasons. A lot of ranges, commercial ranges don't want to uh, have to close down their range for both days. So, if you're trying to sell an event to uh, a range to a commercial or private operation, uh, and they don't feel like they can give you uh, both a Saturday and a Sunday, if you can sell them the uh, the one day event on Saturday, uh, now you're not going to get the same thing as you get in two days in the Saturday and Sunday event because it's it's impossible. But as I was saying earlier. We do most of the instruction on Saturday. Sunday is the day that uh, we put everything into uh, into use and start running you through it, start drilling it into you. But Saturday, we'll give you all the skills and techniques, and uh, and it'll be a lot faster and more furious. But I still encourage folks if you can only if you only have one day on a weekend, then talk to uh, whoever you want need to talk to in your area, or email Appleseed. And say, look, uh, we're, we are we want to do this, but we can only get one day. And we'll come and we'll set it up. We'll run it. We'll run a one-day event for you. <clears throat> All right. Uh, lost my place here on the page. <clears throat> okay. Shreveport, Louisiana, that weekend, February 19th and 20th. And that will close out the 19th and 20th weekend. And that will bring us to the February 26th and 27th. Weekend starting in Bakersfield, California, followed by Calverton, New York, Lebanon, Connecticut, Lewiston, Idaho, Midland, Texas, Minot, North Dakota. February 26th and 27th is an indoor event, all right, Uh, which is a good time of the year and a good place to have an indoor event. Now, I don't think you're going to get a winter seed patch, the nice fancy uh, icicle patch for shooting indoors in Minot, North Dakota that weekend, but you're not going to get frozen either. All right, that same weekend in Racine, Wisconsin, February 26th and 27th, as is Rama, Colorado, Ramsar, North Carolina, and Sierra Vista, Arizona. That takes us to the weekend of March 5th and 6th, and that starts off in Buckeye, Arizona, followed by Byers, Colorado, Dallas, Fort Worth, on March fifth and sixth, is a ladies-only shoot. This is the shoot that uh, we've talked to you guys before about. It's the the Diva shoot, and uh, uh, we had uh, Lauren and Andrew, Double L and Star Fox, there in Dallas, have paired up with the Diva organization. That's the women's shooting organization. They're putting on a women's-only shoot there on the March 5th and 6th at the Quail Creek Shooting Range in Dallas-Fort Worth. The reason I'm talking about this right now is because I encourage folks to contact Double L's and Star Fox. Uh, contact them by PM or email or give them a call and see about getting some of the uh, the partnering. See about partnering with Diva in your area. The Diva Women's Shooting Organization is six million strong. And all indications are that they are really psyched up about Appleseed. I'm telling you, this is going to be a way uh for you to to really up the uh the line counts is by offering some of these shoots to the Diva organization. They are six million strong, they have a really hardcore uh, information and promotions program, and uh, and I've told you before, this is with our women's instructors, etc. If you if you want to see something get done, then uh, delegate it to one of uh, delegate it to one of the local women, and it will get done. So I encourage you to talk to uh, Double L and Star Fox about partnering up with Diva because this is going to be a great opportunity uh to form additional alliances within the shooting uh shooting sports industry and to offer these shoots to the women's uh to the diva women's group. Alright that same weekend, uh March fifth and sixth in Fresno, California. Uh Saturday, March fifth is a one day event in Harvard, Massachusetts. Right, I already gave you the rundown on the one day events. Miamisburg, Ohio is a regular two-day event, March 5th and 6th, as is La Crosse, Wisconsin, New Martinsville, West Virginia, Toccoa, Georgia, Waterman, Illinois, Winslow, New Jersey. That takes us to the end of the 5th and 6th weekend and starts us off with March 12th and 13th in Annapolis, Maryland, followed by Birmingham, Alabama, Burlington Flats, New York, which is a great Location. I was there this last summer. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, College Station, Texas. Another great uh, location. The College Texas, College Station, Texas range is run by Steve Struve. It's called the Cawthorn and Cartridge Club, and he has sunk about a hundred grand into this place in the last year, building a really great uh, shooting lines, really great actual distance. Uh, for the location, uh, and plenty of extra treats for the shooters and the instructors. There's an instructor bunkhouse. Uh, The whole area is, uh, he has a special tower put up for wireless uh, uh, for the whole location, etc. All right, enough about that. Next, uh, March 12th and 13th weekend is in Eureka, Kansas, followed by Hartford, Connecticut, Las Vegas, Nevada, Piru, California, Ramsar, North Carolina, Red Bluff, California. That takes us to the weekend of March 19th and 20th, which starts in Anderson, South Carolina, followed by Clinton, Illinois, Corona, California, Danville, Illinois, Davila, Texas, Hubertus, Wisconsin, Leonard, Texas, which is a new location here in Texas, Lewiston, Idaho, Manheim, Pennsylvania, Raton, New Mexico, Rochester, Indiana, Roswell, New Mexico, Sacramento, California, Stinson, West Virginia, Troop, New York. Troop, New York is another location that uh, I think you'll really like. It's a small, uh, hole-in-the-wall location, but it's beautiful. And uh, the New York folks there are are just the best uh, that you can ask for. All right, that's going to take us a full month ahead. Uh, as I said, if you want to find out uh, about the Appleseed Project, uh, the Revolutionary War Veterans Association, what we're doing, go to rwva.org. That's our home page. And across the top of the page uh, is a complete list of tabs that, uh, that will give you information on everything we do, our mission, uh, Schedule of events, boot camps, uh, our instructors, uh, email links, and then there's a forum, also where uh, where we discuss ways to push the program ahead. Right, it's not a normal, it's not a hey how you doing, uh, you know I'm mowing my lawn today kind of forum. It's a working forum, and uh, we're just going to be talking about Appleseed. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a great way to get uh, information about the program there and speak to others, ask questions, et cetera. So I encourage you, uh, uh, if you want to learn more, to uh, become a member of the forum. <clears throat> uh, all right. We've got, uh, we've got a lot of different guests that we're lining up on the way coming in <clears throat> and uh and I'll get back to that to you in just a minute right now i'd like to uh i'd like to bring sam on to the program and uh and get him to say howdy and uh, tell him how much I appreciate him sam welcome to the show howdy scout this is uh Sam d from New mexico he has uh I believe he has several, not only is he a great Appleseed instructor and a good friend of mine, I believe he has uh, several major awards for the best handlebar mustache in New Mexico. (laughs) 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 Only one, but a good one. (laughs) Good to hear your voice. And, uh, and of course, we haven't been away from each other that long because uh, we spent about an hour last night trying to work out the new software so so i think we have it uh i think we have it figured out so sam uh, when you call in and the call in number is 347-308-8790 and sam if you will uh post that occasionally in the chat so people will know Sure will. I appreciate that if you call in now uh, sam is going to talk to you and uh and he'll ask you what uh questions you have et cetera, and then uh, and then who can post that so that uh, I can see what your questions are. And uh, we encourage folks to call in. If you have questions, comments, etc. cetera, then we encourage you uh, to call in if you've got any information that you'd like to put in. Uh, we'd love to have that. If you want to call in and say, listen, uh, I'm so-and-so and I'm in state XYZ, uh, and I want to tell you that we have a great instructor here, and his name is uh, so-and-so and so-and-so. Uh, we love hearing that because the Appleseed Project. We are the absolute experts at uh, riding folks down into the ground, and uh, we are the absolute last place uh, folks usually. And telling people how much we appreciate them, how much they do, and uh, you know, it's 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 not necessarily a bad thing. I'm, if you've been in the military uh, or in, are plenty of jobs are like this. You you come to realize that. Doing your job usually doesn't – you don't get any medals for doing your job. you got to go above and beyond that to get somebody to say, hey, great job. But a lot of people do go up and above, and a lot of people do do a great job uh, with the Appleseed Project, with their work in it. And any time that we can uh, acknowledge those folks, then we want to do that, all right, the, because they're not getting paid for this. They're not getting any medals for this. The only thanks they're going to get is the thanks that they get from personally, that they will personally experience uh, from knowing that they are doing something good for their their selves, their family, their home, their community, their nation, and then by somebody else telling them that they did a great job. So if you have somebody that you want to call in and say, listen, uh, this person did a great job, then we would love to hear it. And... uh, do you have any comments, uh if you have any questions about the program, feel free to call in. Uh we'd love to hear if you have any suggestions uh about the uh about the the radio show or the program, we'd like to hear that too. Any personal experiences that you've had, any testimonials. We're always willing to, to listen to those. <clears throat> now uh how are things going in New Mexico, Sam? never mind i see that he's he's hard at work doing his job right now uh i'll I'll ask him in just a second when he comes back on uh what
0: uh what's going on and we
1: will uh, I'll have some information that I'd like to uh to give to him and while we're while we're waiting on that let's go ahead and get started with uh with tonight's show with what we wanted to talk about tonight and what I'd like to do is what we'd like to discuss the topic of the show tonight is fugit aura and that's Latin for the hour flies the hour flies and that means it's there's no stopping time, all right? I'm sure there's a lot of people right now at MIT and everywhere else working on that. But as far as I know right now, there is no stopping time. Time is going to continue to to race along at what now seems to be the speed of light. And there's no stopping it. And it's racing right towards you. And embedded in this timeline are lots of things, some good and some bad. And the discussion tonight is going to be, have you thought about those things embedded in the timeline that are racing towards you that may not be so good? Are you preparing for those things that are coming that may not be so good? Because a rifleman's job is to be prepared for situations uh, good and bad, a rifleman should be prepared so that uh, if something happens in his, within his family, his home, his community, his village, his state, his nation, that he is ready uh, to meet those challenges and then come out on the other side and be in a position where he can provide leadership, leadership and help to those around him. Now, we're not going to go into uh, a tremendous amount of depth on this tonight because what I'm hoping to do is get uh, uh, Jack Spirko from the Survival Podcast. I'm hoping to get him to come on and uh, and be our guest in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I know he's really busy right now. He's uh, he's busy with a lot of things that are changing in his life, but I want to get him to come on to the show and talk to us about this because i think this is a very important subject and that is are you ready uh for the things that uh, are coming toward you and and by that i don't mean are you ready for uh the government black helicopters or are you ready for a comet uh are you ready for for alien invasion uh, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is are you ready for the things that you normally come about in your life? And when you talk about being ready for some situation, you start out preparing for the most uh, the most obvious, the most likely thing to occur, and you keep working out from there. Now, a, an asteroid uh, hitting the earth and wiping out our life is is way, way at the other end of the spectrum, all right? While that while that could occur, it's not the most likely thing to occur. The most likely thing to occur is, uh, is say, for your power to go out. You know, we have a lot of winter storms this year. The most likely thing for us to occur is for the power to go out in your area. Uh, have you thought about what... What it would take to get you through uh, a day of no power? What about two days of no power? What about three days of no power? Have you thought about these things? <clears throat> because I talk to uh, a lot of folks, uh, and uh, and when we're talking about the responsibilities of a rifleman, one of the things is is to be prepared. Almost like a like the Boy Scout motto: be prepared. And whenever I've asked folks before, you know have you uh uh do you have any type of a uh of a plan uh for being prepared for different eventualities and
0: uh and a lot of times the
1: answer I, I get is, yeah, I've got a rifle on a thousand rounds well, I gotta tell you that's not a that's not a plan okay because uh, because you can't uh, you can't eat a bullet. Uh, I mean, you can't literally eat one. Uh, and the the chances of you or the probability of you, now you think, think about this. Think about the, the number of times you've actually gotten into, let's say, just a physical confrontation. I'm not talking about, uh, well, you could say even just a, a fist fight, even a fist fight. I mean, count in all the ones you even had on your schoolyard the playground, etc. Count in all those, and then count in also the number of times you have had to get into a gun battle. And the number, uh, unless you're some type of a uh, black ops operator, etc., is going to be very small, right? Now, right next to that, reference the number of times that you've had to feed yourself. All right, That number is probably going to be fairly large, because Normally, you've got to feed yourself from one to three times a day, every single day, right? So having a rifle and ammunition is not a plan uh, because uh, it's just not it's not a plan. You know, so I guess some people, I think in their minds, they think, well, if I have a rifle and ammunition, then uh, then I can defend whatever I have or don't have. And then I've heard plenty of people... Uh, not uh, apple seed folks, but other folks say, well you know if i if in a in a end of the world situation then i'll just I'll take what I need Listen, that's a bad idea all right because number one uh that's not that's not the way that uh, a human being acts you don't take what you need, and uh, let me tell you uh, the other bad possible scenario of that is, what if the person you decide to take from, what if they just got to go into an apple seed, all right, that's not going to be a very good situation for you, all right, so a rifleman prepares, he prepares, he has a plan, and the plan is going to cover the things that you need to do, Uh, first of all, to do in the in your everyday life. Alright? That's just your everyday life of taking care of your family, uh working at your job, uh paying your bills, uh, etc, And then passing on that information to other folks, uh, getting folks to attend appleseeds and instructing them. Uh make sure that they know of their obligations to safeguard the freedoms and liberties uh provided for them by living in this nation. And then above and beyond that, you have a duty to be able to make it through situations that come your way with you to provide for your family, take care of your family, your wife and your kids, your mother, your father, your brothers, your sisters, etc. Take care of them and come through it on the other side so that you can be in a position of leadership. Because whenever everything goes bad, whenever everything goes uh, go south and say there is a situation where uh, where there is no power there's, uh, uh, oh, there's lawlessness etc there have to be good people and they have to be ready uh, to stand up for good and for what they believe so you have a duty to make it through these events and how will you do that well the answer is you're going to have to make a plan there's no there's no uh one plan that covers everybody. You're gonna have to make your own plan to do this. <clears throat> so what have you been doing? What have you been doing in order to to get this done and uh like i said i don't want I don't want to completely burn up jack's uh, uh spiel for when he comes on, <coughs> but I will tell you that that the philosophy for being prepared is being prepared doesn't mean that when you hear that the hurricane is coming that you run to the store and you buy everything you can and then uh, and take it home that's not being prepared Uh, being prepared means you're going through your daily life thinking about this and preparing that you're making sure that uh, that you have enough to to keep you going uh if the power goes off for one day all right and make sure you have batteries and uh and food and water and fuel because you know you're you may live in an area where the water is provided by the city and uh without electricity they can't run their pumps to pump water to you or you may have a water well and it's running on electricity, so do you have some way to get water? Do you have some way to uh to eat for that day uh, and then uh once you've got that established, then move on to the next one. What's the next one? Well, it could be two days of power out. Are you good for two days? I mean the power out these are most the most likely things you're going to occur. What would happen if uh if you got sick and you couldn't go to work for a week or two weeks? maybe you have uh your company has uh sick leave for you, and that covers it okay good uh what if they don't do you have a way to replace uh those funds? do you have any kind of a uh a reserve that you can use to make sure that the bills get paid that the groceries get bought that gas gets put in the car et cetera that uh, heating oil is bought. Do you have a way to make sure that that's done for a week until you get well? What if you break a leg? What if it's going to be uh, four weeks before you're uh, up and around? Do you have you got that figured out? Uh, these are the most likely things to occur. <clears throat> so we need to figure out what uh, we need to figure out what's going to happen or how you're going to deal uh, with these situations. <clears throat> All right, uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and take a caller here because I don't want folks to be having to wait too long uh, while I'm talking. Area code three five two four five zero. You're on the air. Area code three five two four five zero. You're on the air. And if I call, out, if I if I call out, you don't have to. Uh, you don't have to talk. I'm just going to give you the opportunity to if you want to. And uh, and uh, uh, Sam can check with you and see if you want to come on. Okay, area code 812-431, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Area code 812-431. All right. All right, so yeah, Scout, both those folks are just listening tonight. Oh, okay, all right. They they, uh, they wouldn't answer up, so I
2: think they okay, just want well, to no listen problem. to
1: us. No problem. We love for folks to uh, we love for folks to to call in and listen. Like I said, if I call your number out, you don't don't get worried, or you don't have to talk, and you don't have to uh, uh, to hang up because uh, we're uh, we're glad to have you on and. Uh, And with the premium program that I I bought from Blog Talk, we now have, uh, let's see, I think we've got uh, 50, we can can handle at least 50 callers simultaneously. So anybody that wants to call in, you're welcome to call in. It's a New York number, uh, but uh, most people have uh, their phone services and stuff usually don't, uh, you know, not going to get charged long distance anyway. So we welcome you to call in. The number is 347-308-8790. As I said, the, it's the duty of the rifleman to be able to get through these situations. And in order to make sure that you're going to get through these situations, you have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. You know, when the folks, when Paul Revere took off on April eighteenth, seventeen 1775, and took off uh, on his uh, horse, riding from town to town. This wasn't a spontaneous occurrence. Uh, a lot of folks think that uh, that Paul Revere was waiting for the signal to see if they were coming—if one, if by land; two, if by sea. And once they did, then he went out and he started uh, he started alerting the folks who had no idea that this might happen. And they had no idea what to do after after he alerted them. And it was all just a, a spontaneous occurrence. And listen, nothing could be farther from the truth. Do you know why within 24 hours there were 22,000 men in arms moving to intercept the British uh, regulars on that day? It's because they had a plan. This was all already planned out. Everything was already planned out. They had started two years before reinstating the militia, training their militia. They had they'd started two years before doing this. They had, had plans on who would go and alert who, that uh, once they received word that there was uh, trouble somewhere, that uh, so-and-so would go and he would alert so-and-so, and this person would alert that person. and And that's how it happened. That's how they got through that day. That's how they were victorious, because they had a plan. It wasn't spontaneous. Now, in later years, it was tried. To, they tried to smooth it over to make it seem like it was a spontaneous uprising uh, because it it looked better. But that was far from being the truth. They had very detailed plans on what they would do. That's why it went so well. In order for you to succeed, in order for you to 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 do well uh, in the things that are headed your way, you're going to need to have a plan. All right. uh, We've got uh, several callers on now. And and you're welcome. You don't have to just talk about just this. I'm just putting this in your mind because I'd like you to start thinking about this. And I would like for you to, if you have questions about what I'm talking about, you're welcome to call in and ask them. And you're welcome to send them in because uh, I'm going to put together a package for Jack Spirko to – uh, to tailor it to, to our needs for when he comes in on the show and talks about it. Uh, so if you have questions, you're welcome to uh, to email them to me or PM them to me for the upcoming show with Jack Spierko. And you're welcome to call in about anything else you want, too. There's uh, there's no uh, hard and fast rules on, uh, on what you need to say when you get on here. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, bring on another caller then real quick, because I can see from uh from sam's work here that uh that sprocket wants to talk about two of the new england instructors sprocket welcome to the show how are you scout i'm doing just dandy how about yourself not a problem
3: not a worry on me
1: thank you for having me on the show well thanks for calling in because uh as i said earlier and i'm sure you're well aware of we we do a great job of uh of riding folks hard and putting them away wet, but we do less of a good job of of giving them uh, recognition and giving them thanks. So you gotta call well, and talk about it. I'd love to hear
3: about it. Yeah, as a
1: red hat, um I'm a I'm quite the victim of, of
3: the riding and the putting up wetness that you speak of. And uh what I'd like to talk about that, that kind of gets missed in and every instructor here that has ever made a rifleman or even um, has has worked the line, if you work the line, you know what I'm talking about. There's folks that, that you meet out there that at the end of the day, and especially on Sundays when everybody's tired and sore and, and whatnot, um, they come up, and before they leave, they shake your hand and say thank you. And, and having your peers say thank you is one thing, but having folks that you met that first weekend, and and you'll probably see them again, two three times. Um, it happens a lot here. But when when those when those folks come up to you and they and they shake your hand and say thank you for for your your help and your time and your instruction, and there's that light in their eye and and you see that gleam like they mean business, and 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 by that I mean they're they're focused on getting a patch and they're focused on learning. What we're teaching, and and it's not just the rifleman marksmanship; it's also the heritage. They're like, wow, you know, um, you know, being from New England, all those places are here, and we get to visit them, and that's that's quite a uh, quite a thing, and, and not to be overlooked. But when these people that that have lived in the area and and walk around, and they they see it with what I call and what it was explained to me as appleseed eyes, like all of a sudden you, you see these places and you see these monuments and you see these, these, even these street names and school names named after guys that, if you read um, Mr. Fisher's book, you go, holy smoke, what's going on here? Like, I never thought one and one all of a sudden it makes two in, in, in a, in Eureka moments, like, like you just go, wow. And when these people come up to you and, and say, thank you for your time and, thank you for your efforts, and and they they genuinely mean it. And you see it in their eyes and you see it in their face and you see it in their smile. Those moments are um, especially rewarding. You know, as as a team of instructors, we're we're all familiar with each other and we work together and and we know what it means because we've all come in through the ranks the same way that you know the same way that that everybody else does we come in cold we don't know what's going on we're not really sure what RWVA is all about and then we see it and we stick with it and we we take our hats but these these people that come in new it's it's really something it
1: jazzes you up it it that's the thing for me well certainly because that's uh, that's that is what has kept me in the program for this long is because if it was just a rifle marksmanship organization, if I was just uh, showing people how to shoot and they were saying, hey, thanks a lot, good job, see you someday or maybe not, whatever, it doesn't matter, then I wouldn't be here, okay, because <laughs> because it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work uh, doing what we do as in instructors. But, But when they do come up to you and you do see that you've made a difference. And I tell people all the time when I talk to them, when I talk about Appleseed, that Appleseed changes lives. It doesn't just say, I mean, it changes the lives of the majority of the folks that it comes into contact with. If you become an instructor, believe me, your life's going to change uh, drastically. Uh, and if you, as a person attending an event, hopefully your life is going to change too. You're going to understand what your responsibilities are as an American. You're going to, first of all, you've got the very basic change that's going to happen when you set yourself a goal of uh, improving your rifle marksmanship and you achieve that goal. All right, Okay, you've changed uh, your life to a certain degree. You've set a goal for yourself. You've met it. And, and then uh, it's always the logical follow-on is what next. What can I do next? How can I continue to improve? Uh as a marksman and as a as a human being, and that's what we're doing, and and we're changing lives. We're we're doing this at every single event, and I completely agree with you. And that's what keeps me doing it uh, every month. Well, you it, said you it, were going to talk a about a couple of uh, instructors. Did you have a couple of folks that you wanted to uh, to name specifically, or were you just talking about all the New England instructors?
3: Um, no, actually, I, th- this was more addressed to instructors across the nation, in and, or, or rather, um, to those people that are maybe timid about becoming instructors because the reward that I get as an instructor, um, the reward of, of a handshake and a thank you from a peer, is is a certain thing, but then there's this other sort of. It's especially gratifying when you know you meet um, you know you meet anybody from the 35, 40 year old gentleman um, and possibly his wife or his, or his daughter or his son, you, and, and especially the young folks. Like they they come up and they they do they treat you with respect, and if you you act professional on the on the line, at the end of the day. They come up and they they on it, they genuinely mean it. It's like wow, right. thank you so much for for your help and thank you right, so exactly. much for, for doing this. And it's it, it's not necessarily talked about and and so this you know this might be a good opportunity to to mention it is that when, when you know a person that at eight o'clock in the morning to you is a stranger and at nine o'clock and twelve o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday you're you're they're a student, and then, um, you know, well, on the end, end of the day, day Sunday, they are the orange hat and they become they they become one of your peers, and and they, you know with respect to the you know, um, itt one two three four whatever, they're still your peer, and, and right. even though not everybody takes a hat and not everybody. Um, you know, some guys you never see again because they get their patch and they go home because that's their trophy or whatever. But the, the congratulations and thank you at the end of the day for for job well done, you know, you congratulate them on, on their progress because they've gone from maybe not hitting the paper to really small groups on the paper. is really something. It's really excellent, um, and, and it's surprising. It, right. really is, it was a surprise to me how um, – Right, and, and that's right. like the same that that thing with my instructor course. You know, yeah,
1: exactly. It's like that's that's why we do it. That's why we're doing this every every weekend of the year, and uh, within reasonable driving distance of you. That's what we're doing. Well, listen, uh, you got anything else you want to get out real quick? Uh, I'm going to bring some other callers on the line. You don't. And you don't have to hang up if you don't want to. But uh, do you have anything else that you want to put out real quick? No, um, with respect to what you're talking about specifically with with respect to um, preparing
3: for emergency situations such as um, here in the northeast are very prevalent, snowstorms
1: and power outages. Power outages, right.
3: We we had a couple of um, ice storms a while back, and and that really opened the eyes of a lot of people in the area with respect to um, what do I need to be prepared for this sort of situation if it ever happens again because usually you learn your hardest lessons when you're
1: um caught off guard or you know, your drawers are down right. so to speak, quote unquote. Right. And, and as so, an uh, Apple Seed as a as an Apple Seed instructor, as a rifleman, you need to be in a prepared situation so that you can provide leadership for your family, for your community, for your state and your nation. So you need to think about this. We need to get these we need to have folks considering what they would do, how they can be prepared and And be considering this as part of their life, not as a as a rush to go do something after uh when they after the snow has fallen, but to be ready for the eventualities. Well, we kind of have a
3: joke here when the uh when the weathermen come on and talk about blizzard conditions that there's a the rush at any given food supply store, whether it be a convenience store or whatever you need your batteries, your milk and your and your uh your bread um, but to have a pantry that's ready to go is a completely different story and a lot of guys uh a lot of people around here are, are for instance um last year or last spring, there was a water main break, a very severe water main break, and the run on water was was shocking it was absolutely shocking, so right, um, which
1: seems kind of silly right because you have water, water usually uh 360 days of the year so and it's uh and it's very cheap uh why wouldn't you get some containers and put water in it and have water for yourself instead of trying to go out and buy it at a price that's uh four to five times the price of gasoline uh why wouldn't you have some prepared that's yeah, that's what i'm talking about well it's listen let better. me uh Don't. Let me. I'm going to Go bring on put, a, another caller. Uh, did you have anything else that you want to put on?
3: No, that, no, no. Go ahead and, and pull somebody else in and, and thank you for having me on the show and, and thanks to you and and uh Sam for for uh doing a good fight every week. I'll talk to you
1: later. All right. Thank you, Sprocket.
3: Yep. Bye-bye. All
1: right. Um, so, he brought up uh he brought up some great uh, points there. One is that uh
4: is that
1: while we don't need we don't need somebody telling us uh, that we're doing a, a good job uh that's not part of the mission the mission isn't to be to tell each other that we did a good job it's still nice to hear it sometimes and i know that we get it from the folks that are attending because he's absolutely right when you see that light go on in their eyes and they say okay all right now i get it i understand now then that of course is a huge payment let's bring a, another Caller on the air uh let's see all right, oh, hold on just a second I got the uh I brought on the wrong person. I open up your Sam's mic all right uh this is uh Mr. Welch from Weatherford Texas, and uh, he would like to discuss uh uh some of i guess some of your your plans for or your ideas about uh preparedness. Welcome to the show, Mr. Welch.
4: Well,
2: thank you. Thanks for having me on.
1: Hello? Yeah, you're here.
2: You're on. I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, We've sure enjoyed our many times down at Davila and shooting down there with all the kids. Well,
1: we've we've certainly enjoyed having you there and your crew. They're, uh, They're a great bunch, and we miss them. I'd like for you to round them up and bring them back again.
2: Well, it's actually on our plans, so there you go.
1: Oh, good. Well, yeah. give us a rundown on because I know that uh, you're involved with a lot of stuff. From last time you and I spoke, uh, you were heavily involved with uh, uh, wind power, yes. and uh, I know that you've been working on some other stuff too. So, so give us some of your uh, some of your ideas and uh, some of your comments and suggestions about the riflemen being
2: prepared for uh, for all eventualities. Well, the way you started off with, it's just a matter of a a lifestyle, and you you believe in what you're doing, and you uh, you don't get all excited about it, or it's not an emergency. Okay, it's just seeing that there's a need and taking care of it. And I remember back in '98, uh, I had a um, store that uh, a health food store, and it soon became a Y2K preparedness store because I saw an opportunity to provide things that people were worried about. I didn't even know what Y2K was when everybody started calling me and saying, in your health food store, do you have this, that, and the other? Well, within a year, I was lecturing all over this part of the country on preparedness. And at that time, it was a, um, we don't have but hours left to get ready. The end of the world is coming. And back in those days, a lot of people made some very poor choices. Uh, spending inordinate amounts of money on things that had marginal benefit, and over the years, um, I've come to realize that 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 really keeping up with all this is is just basically a long-term plan. And that's without a plan, you're going to make lots of very poor choices. And um, so, what I'm doing now is I'm working with our church and some friends, and and helping them establish homesteads where they can survive mostly anything. And I, I try to do what I do by example and then just go from there. Um, you mentioned water. Well, we we bought a small place out in the country, a few acres with a little bit of watershed. We've got a tank you can filter that water and there's a year supply of water that humans can drink if they filter it um you know you have to, again that doesn't apply to somebody in the city but um well your 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 plan as i said
1: earlier your plan is going to be your personal plan you have to have a personal plan you can't you can't just grab a a one size fits all plan
2: oh no and say, and okay that's i got my plan no, what you're you going to have to do that. is
1: you're going to have to Tailor the plan for your individual use, but I'm telling you, if you don't have a plan, you're going to be. You're as you said just a moment ago, you're going to end up making poor decisions, and you're end up. You're going to end up not. Uh, no matter what, no matter what you think you're doing in a rush, it's not going to be the right thing. The way that you do, the way that you're going to get through this is to. Uh, you know, we talk about folks living a lifestyle, uh, an apple seed lifestyle. And you can do that. And you, and it's no problem to live at the same time a lifestyle of being prepared uh, for certain eventualities. And uh, yeah, so there are important things that you absolutely have to have to get by, and, and that's water, food, shelter, and security. I mean, you have right. to have those
2: things. And uh, with those things in mind, uh, we... You know, it's it's taken us nine years working on this place to get it to where it's at right now. But now we have an incredible garden spot that's just as fertile as anything I've ever seen in my life. Will grow anything. We've got two water wells and a tank. Um, we have developed a pasture to take care of a, a milk goat, or I mean a cow, milking cow. Um, we have the ability to replenish our food stock on an annual basis rather than trying to find a hole where we can bury 10 years' worth of prepared foods, which if it gets known that you've got 10 years' worth of food somewhere, I mean, one of your children will tell somebody, my dad's got 10 years' worth of food in the barn. Well, if somebody really wants that, I bet they could come get it from you. But if you have a way to replenish, and my goal is to be able to close the front gate and live here 90 days without having to walk out the, walk out any, at any given time. And we're really close to having that finished now. The one thing we don't have is an electrical source, and the company that I work with is now we're busy working on a a windmill turbine with some new engineering and new science that is affordable and will take care of, you know, like up to a 2,000-square-foot home, and it's actually an affordable unit. Things like that are a little bit down there. Another year out on that, but everything else is just... It's there, and you know how do you put up food? How do you store food? Um, how can you keep your house warm when there's no electricity? You know, there's the, the potential disasters that are on the horizon right now are, are just huge. You know, and I pray nothing ever happens. But what's wrong with being prepared?
1: Well, that's the thing, and that it's it's not uh, as I said. I'm, we're not even gonna. I'm not even asking you to consider uh, any huge. Uh, Disaster-type situations. What I'm saying is, start thinking about the little things now. Living a a lifestyle of preparedness is a uh, is I said a different thing than dashing out to buy supplies uh, at the last minute. Because no matter what people think, a lot of people look at our society, at our culture, and they say, well, this is a very uh, this is a uh, a, a society that is uh that is supported by a, a a steel and carbon fiber framework uh and has the the society stretched over it and it's uh you know it's a rock solid thing and I'll tell you that uh if you've been through situations which uh, down here in Texas uh, and uh, in Louisiana with Katrina and Rita you see that that is not the case at all our society is actually very fragile and uh, and any of these stores, when you look at a grocery store, the grocery store has three days of food, and they're set up that way so that they don't have to stock stuff, they don't have to keep stuff uh, stored in some kind of big storehouse there. They've got it set up so that the food comes in in regular shipments and can be put straight onto the shelves, so they don't have to store food. Now, what happens whenever that supply system breaks down, which is a very easy thing to do? It could be as simple as ice and snowstorms or as a hurricane or tornado that would stop, that would uh, uh, put a glitch in the supply system. Now, there's three days of food in that store without uh, additional supplies coming in. And I'm telling you right now, if you want something to eat, you better get there on day one, because by day three, you're looking at uh, dog food and uh, uh, and stuff like that. So, so you need to be living a lifestyle of preparedness. And this is not as hard as it seems, because... As I said, you, you're going to start out looking at the four things that you have to seriously consider. That's water, food, shelter, and security. And then you're going to look at the the most probable things coming your way. And as I said earlier, that's going to be, uh, you know, anything from uh, from getting sick or at uh, or losing your job to uh, a snow or ice storm, are you prepared to make it uh a day? And if not, why? Why not? Why aren't you prepared? And if you can do that, then what about uh what about going 2 days and then 3 days? Make sure that you can make it 3 days. And then once you've done that, you just uh you keep working your way out and it's it's not a hard thing to do. You you look at the things that you and your family uh, that you consume on a daily basis. And you you plan it out that if you, if it takes uh, two cans of uh, of food X for you to get by one day, all right, then when you go to the store this week, you buy, uh, instead of buying the, uh, let's see, seven days, 14 cans, instead of buying the 14 cans that it would take, then you buy uh, uh, 16. So now you've got one day extra. Of food. absolutely and then uh, then the week after that you buy another extra so now at, at the end of two weeks you have two days of extra food saved up and then you don't take this extra food and squirrel it away somewhere you make sure that you're rotating through your stocks that you're eating what you normally eat and and when i say you go and buy when you go and buy food uh to get you through hard times you don't you don't buy uh, 100 pounds of bulk corn unless you got some way to grind it up. You buy the stuff that you normally eat. You buy the stuff that you're going to eat, and then you just buy a little bit more each week. And then you don't put that little bit more that you're buying in some place and not use it because uh, because luckily nothing will happen. And uh, you know for a while, but then if something does happen and you go to that food and it's been there for two years or three years and it's no good anymore, then that's not going to do you any good either. You you constantly rotate through and you you eat uh, and you rotate the the food through your system. You make sure that you have uh, water, food, uh, shelter, and security. Now most of the most of the folks they they've gotten some parts of this, but unfortunately they. A lot of the folks that I talk to have uh, are heavily loaded on the b- the bottom end of it, which is security. Right, and they got their security's not rifles. going to any good. Yeah, they got their ten rifles and their ten thousand rounds, and they think that's their plan. But like I said earlier, you you may never even have to get your rifle out of the closet. You may never have to. Well, what, what how are you? Uh, what for? What reason would you ever do that in a snowstorm or ice storm? And yet. Every day of that snowstorm, that ice storm, you're going to have to eat. You're going to have to drink water. So make sure that you're preparing in the order of things that you're going to need. you got, uh, and there's no reason for you not to have extra water stored. Uh, One of the things that I do is I take, uh, I've got uh, five kids, and they drink a lot of milk. When they get through with a milk jug, I don't throw it away. I rinse it out. I rinse it out with Clorox, and, uh, Then I put a gallon of water in it, and I put one drop of Clorox in there, and then I store it away. And and then I rotate back through that water, and I use that water. Uh, And if I don't use it, I'll just empty it out and reuse the containers so that I usually have uh, usually around 50 to uh, 100 gallons of water stored for drinking. Now, I've got a water well and a way to... uh, a way to get water from the well without electricity. So my water is good. <clears throat> food the same thing.
0: Uh
1: and I encourage you to to get uh to start working toward making sure that you have enough food because two things. One, you want to make sure that your family has enough to eat and and get through a situation. You don't want to be dependent on anybody coming and saving you or giving you food, etc. You want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you have the surplus needed to get you through uh at least a minimal amount. It's your it's your duty to make sure that you are able to provide for your family uh for at least a minimal situation and you should be working toward a long-term situation. Uh you've got uh, folks like the Mormon Church. Uh they have their folks uh one of their doctrines is to have folks uh, put away 6 months to a year of food so that they can survive for 6 months to a year ahead of time
0: uh,
1: and uh and they also allow folks not in the church to uh, at times you'll have to speak to uh, your local Mormon facility they would actually allow you to uh to come in and purchase the stuff uh, to put away to can of your own stuff for long-term use, uh, usually just at cost, but you'll have to talk to them about that. But you still have to make sure that you have water, food, shelter, and then security. And and you don't want to do this at a spur-of-the-moment rash way and make poor decisions about it. You want to make sure that you're doing this as as part of your lifestyle. Well, do you have any other uh, suggestions, uh, Mr. Welch, for for folks who are planning uh, uh, on on beginning to live a uh, survival or preparedness lifestyle?
2: Uh, I could maybe two or three quick things on water. Um, 55-gallon drums that are made for the food industry uh, can be purchased uh, brand new out of heavy plastic. And the very best thing that we found for putting in the water is a um, solution made by uh, using a little silver, um, pure silver ion and ionizing some silver water, putting a couple ounces in there. Uh, It's great on bacteria, has no off taste, and it lasts forever. And 55 gallons, we figure bottom, you need a gallon of person a day, you know, just to do a little bit of washing and get their drinking done. And a little cooking and if you have a few kids you know. Five gallons won't go far with five kids, I'll tell you. Oh, and um yeah. one one thing I would really encourage people to do is don't don't move out of fear. And there are ample number of people who would prey on your apprehensions and your fears. Uh, and you know, maybe you can learn something from it, but don't don't let somebody pressure you into buying things that ex- that that in a calmer time you would never ever see a use for. Take time right. and there are and there are good books out there. There's there's good uh you can go on Amazon and and, and look through their book list and mm-hmm. you can kinda of read the excerpts and find some that aren't um you know, fear mongering, but they're just being practical. And and yes there's all type of things that could happen and why not be prepared? And, um, right and i've i've put
1: a i listed uh, several books that uh, i've read uh they're on the show page and uh, you can take a look at those but uh uh just like uh just like uh, mr Walsh was saying is you have to live a survival uh, lifestyle and that means thinking about preparedness thinking about being ready uh, for different things, and making sure that you have at least the minimal amount to get through a situation, so that whenever a situation occurs, that you are not uh, that you are not going through the situation in a state of stress because you're not prepared for it, you're not ready for what's uh, happening, because then you're going to make bad decisions because they're going to be made uh, out of a basis of stress and fear. So make sure that. Uh, and there, uh, and like you said, there are tons of stuff, uh, and there's tons of groups. And and I'll tell you right now that uh, I'm going to keep pushing uh, Jack Spierko, because he's one of the best guys that I've found, uh, and the Survival Podcast, and uh, it's a, a daily one-hour show. And one of the things I like about it is that uh, it's not uh, it's not a program. Jack's not going to come on and, and and teach you how to tear up a pair of blue jeans and make a loincloth and uh, and how to tear the heads off chickens and eat them and he's not going to talk about uh, buying uh, and stockpiling arms and ammunition and stuff like that he's going to talk to you about the things that you're most likely to see and that is economic depression what to do, how to live your life uh, in a way that you are not overspending, that you are not getting yourself into debt uh, so that if you if you say you are to lose your job that you're not uh that you don't have five or six credit card companies coming after you uh that you have a uh, uh that you have uh, a buffer of uh of money a way to to survive through economic situations uh and then uh and then we'll you'll we'll also talk to you about uh uh, water purification systems, etc., cetera, uh, food storage. Uh, there's all kinds of things that, uh, that the one-hour daily show that's on a podcast will get you, and I really encourage you uh, to start listening there. There's also a forum there that you can go on for the Survival Podcast, folks. There's a forum. You can ask questions. You can read about the stuff there. And uh, speaking of water, I mean, I've gotten uh, – I have – uh, multiple water for, water purification systems uh, that I've bought, and they include all the way from very expensive uh, uh, devices for uh, for purifying uh, hundreds of gallons at a time, all the way to uh, the most the the one that uh, that's the most simple, the I mean, the least expensive is just the it looks like a just a, like a little water bottle uh, with a straw. And I have those for uh, for my vehicles because uh, it, the most likely thing to happen is for you to be out of water uh, just for a day. And with these containers, you can get water. I mean, you can even get dirty water. Uh, I mean, they it will filter out uh, uh, even really dirty water and give you a chance to drink for the day because you're going to need uh, one gallon of water in the shade uh, per day per person uh so that's something you're going to have to consider That's something you're going to have to think about and uh, the reason that we're talking about it now the reason I'm talking about it, bringing it up is cuz I think it's I think it's part of uh of being a rifleman and the time to talk about it the time to be ready for it is not when it's happening it's not when we're in the middle of something that uh that is causing us grief or stress it's before the time to the time to to fix our nation is not when it's uh, uh whenever it sinks below the waves you know when we use a titanic analogy it's before the hole gets in the ship and the time for you to make sure that you are ready uh to face a situation uh is not when it's going on, it's to be ready before it happens. Uh a rifleman persists, a rifleman adapts, a rifleman overcomes, and a rifleman is prepared uh to meet these challenges. And the time
2: to prepare is before something happens. Did you uh do you have anything else you'd like to get in there, uh, Mr Wilch? Oh, I think one last thing and then I'll hand it back to, to the next guy in line but The whole thing with the Rifleman is that we have a responsibility to ourselves, to our country, to God. First of all, I would take care of my family. And if we do that well, and then we've taken care of business, we can bring others along. And I really agree with you that if something disastrous happens on any front in any way, those who paid the price long-term to be prepared will be able to be in a position to lead some folks in a much better direction when the dust settles. Exactly. You don't want,
1: you want, you want to be able to provide leadership, to provide help for, for those around you. That means in order for you to do that, you have to make sure that you and your family are good to go first. And you're going to have to do that before you can provide leadership. But these folks, our instructors, uh, are in a great position because uh they are all of the apple seed instructors, all of our folks are top notch. And and we tell them that they have a duty to their nation to safeguard their freedoms and liberties. And the only way you're gonna be able to do that is by making sure that uh that you have yourself and your family taken care of first so that you can then worry about helping those around you. And the time to prepare is now. You need to be getting ready now. Well, thank you, Mr. Welch, for uh, uh, for coming on and, and giving us uh, uh, those suggestions and those ideas. And uh, is there? Do you have
2: a uh, website for your store? No, actually, uh, our, we were we we're planning to reopen probably within this next six months. And as soon as we do, I'd be glad to send it to you we'll do that do that and
1: uh and uh, we'll be sure to get that out we're going to as i said we're going to be uh we'll be having uh jack Spierko from the survival podcast on uh sometime in the uh, next few weeks and then what we'll do, we're going to do is this will be a uh, this will be a, a topic that's going to come up uh uh fairly often because I, because I think it it's very important. So I'm going to keep uh, plugging away on this so the same way that I plug away on Appleseed. All right, well, thank you very much. Uh, God thank you. bless you and yours, Mr. Welch, and I hope to see your crew here in Davila again soon.
2: We're looking forward to it.
1: All right, thank you, sir.
2: Good night.
1: And uh, and Mr. Welch and his crew, they were one of the uh, the first groups that we uh, had here develop Villa and uh, it, it was a it was a great uh it was a great weekend. And they, we had uh uh he and uh, the rest of the folks from his church it was a group of uh, uh explorers and uh, I guess it was about uh I remember it was probably about a dozen of them. And what they'd done on the way up, they had stopped at all of the uh the pawn shops and they'd bought out all of the all the rimfire rifles at each of the pawn shops and when they showed up they had a truckload of uh of 22 rifles of all different kinds and in all conditions and they most of them weren't in the best of the conditions cuz you you've seen the used rifles at pawn shops uh and uh and uh, we actually had one rifle that uh, I remember that the the front sight was taped on and uh, yet the young lady who was using it she didn't uh, complain she didn't whine uh she just shot the whole weekend to the best of her abilities and uh, uh she actually ended up uh uh shooting to rifleman standards not that weekend uh but she got really close that weekend and the the whole crew did really great and uh and they've been back a couple of times since and it's a a great a great group uh all right uh we've got uh Got another caller here, uh, area code eight three zero nine nine seven. You're on the air.
4: Yes, sir. Roger hey, there, Glenn. This is uh, Two Wolves. Is that two right? Two Wolves. Roger Glenn. Well, uh, welcome to the show, Mr. Glenn. Yeah. So uh, I was very interested listening to uh, Mr. Welch here on his alternative power stuff. I'd really like to know more about what what his thoughts are. You know, it, it, some way to to pick his brain about how to how to run the uh, uh, freezer and the refrigerator when the power goes down. Uh that's the only thing that I'm really short on right now is trying to figure out with either solar or wind how to how to how to, build, you know, keep that food from going bad.
1: Well, I tell you as I said earlier, we're going to get Jack on the show and he's uh he's devoted a lot of episodes to just this kind of thing. I'll tell you one of the first things you can do is uh number 1 is when you look in your freezer, there should not be any space that's just air in your freezer. It should either be packed with food or any spaces that are not food should be containers filled with water. Okay. And then those are frozen down, and then those provide cooling, just like uh, an ice in a cooler. Those provide cooling uh, in case the power goes out so that you, now you have at least a, like a day or two days where the food won't go bad. You can go even further with buying uh, uh, dry ice and storing it in your cooler the same way. Uh, but there shouldn't be I- any air spaces that are open uh, in your cooler. Uh, and
4: Silly me. I've always uh, looked in that freezer and always thought, my wife, you know, my God, why, why do you have so much stuff in here? Now I know why. <laughs> well,
1: I'm telling you, if you if you have a freezer and it's packed solid and all of it's frozen, that's uh-huh. perfect.
4: If you don't,
1: if you have spaces that are open, you take that water And you make sure that the water is good, that it's drinkable water, and you freeze it in there. And that gives you two things. One, it gives you additional time to keep that uh, food frozen down. And two, it gives you drinking water. You can take that water out of there, and when when it's melted, you can drink it. And uh, then uh, you can buy fairly inexpensively, you can buy some uh, uh, portable generators. And you make sure that the generator is rated so that it can run that... uh, that freezer, and it doesn't have to run it all day long, 24 hours a day. All you have to do is bring that temperature back down to freezing. Uh, You can do that in a couple of hours, and you just do that. uh, You can run it like that for a week or more.
4: Yeah, but you know, uh, know, i I tell you, we we did all this uh, preparation for Y2K. I've got generators. I had, you know, several hundred gallons of gas stored for Y2K that I finally used in my truck. And I don't, you know... I would like to be able to to know that I was good to go, if we were out of power for uh, a week or a month or forever, and not have to worry about gasoline and stuff like that. I mean, I've, well, listen, I've got there. a solar well, you know, that I put in with two thousand gallon water tank on top, so uh, I'm good for that. But uh, and with the with the LED technology today, you know, you, it doesn't take hardly any power whatsoever to run a, to run a light. Uh, but running the refrigerator and, and the and the uh, and you could cook with wood, you know. But, right. But but uh, and and heat with wood, and and uh, you know you don't have to have hot water to shower with. I mean that or to bathe in. That's not really a necessity in Texas, you know. But. Right. There's
1: plenty of ways to get around that too. I mean sure. you can, but like you said, the refrigeration is going to be a major problem and. uh and the only way that uh, that you can really get past it is by having a generator that you can that you can run at least uh, uh, you know at least part of the time. And that gasoline that you're talking about, make sure that whenever you store gasoline that you don't uh, you don't put it in the containers and put it in there and say, "All right, yeah, I'm just going to let it sit there for the next couple of years or three years until I need it," because I guarantee you it'll go bad.
4: Yeah, you got to so rotate if I put it. like with
1: anything else, you put that gas in that container. And then uh, after uh, say a month or two months, you put it in the vehicle, and you put those empty cans in the back, and you go down. Instead of filling up the car, you fill up the containers, and you keep rotating them through that way. That's that's part of the idea of living the lifestyle,
2: Mm -hmm. is making
1: sure that you have a plan uh, to run through there. Sounds like you're way ahead.
4: Well, yeah, uh, we we did all that stuff. We did all that stuff for Y2K. I don't. We've we've got tonnage still in in. bulk storage from then I hope that it's still good. It was packed in nitrogen and stuff. But, but, but I'm going to change the subject for just one second here because uh, I just want you to, to uh, say it. I want to hear you say it. Yes, there will be an RBC in Texas this year. Uh, yes, there will be an RBC in Texas this year. Let me tell
1: okay, let me explain you what we, we went from uh, we went from having two a year, two RBCs a year, and what we're going to try and do now is, and we would, and listen, I would still have the two RBCs a year if I had uh, twenty-five people uh, at each RBC because I'd be mm-hmm. willing to do it for that. The problem is that that we found is that RBCs, well, they are absolutely fantastic uh, for the people that are attending uh, in many ways. One, you get a ton of information all at once. You get, uh, you get a an experience in bonding with your uh, fellow attendees that's like nothing else in the world. There's nothing that's gonna uh, that's gonna take the place of spending uh, seven days in the company of riflemen. There's there's nothing that can replace it.
0: Mm-hmm. The problem
1: is is that it's time intensive. That means right. that for those two uh, the two RBCs. Would cost me six weeks of time off, and mm-hmm. uh, and that was hard to do because uh, I also have another twenty weekends that I'm doing Appleseed events at, and I've got another uh, two hundred hours of radio show and another two hundred hours of emails, letter writing, et cetera. So it was getting really hard, and it and the payback wasn't the payoff wasn't as good. So I think what we're going to do now is we're going to switch it to, we'll have one RBC, and we haven't decided yet on when the best time to have that is. We'll have one RBC uh, during the year, and we'll just pack it full. And then we're going to have uh, IBCs to to fill in the gap. And we'll have the IBC, which is a three-day uh, course, and that's, uh, there's no shooting involved in the IBC. So you'll come to the IBC after you have uh, shot through Rifleman Standards, uh, at an apple seed, then you'll come to the IBC, and you'll learn the uh, the techniques for teaching. And then the following weekend will be an apple seed, and you'll teach at that apple seed, and uh, and that will that will fill in part of the gap for uh, for creating instructors. But uh, and there's been talk across the program of eliminating RBCs altogether, but. Uh, so I think that would be a mistake too, because
4: that, that's what I was afraid was happening was there wasn't going to be one, and I missed my opportunity by not coming to the last one in DeVilla.
1: No, no, I, I I guarantee you that as long as uh, as long as I'm an instructor here in Texas, we will have an RBC at least once a year, and uh, and I tell you what I'll do is
4: uh, is you know, I will.
1: Wh- we we I had a discussion on
4: uh, we had a discussion on trying to get one up here in Fredericksburg somewhere and you know I don't know if that's is still on the the thought process of some of the people here or not
1: yes yes we're still we're still discussing that we're still uh we're still looking at that as a possible uh situation and uh, my thoughts on that was having one in the summer because there are a lot of folks uh in college and in school, that uh, would like to attend also, and mm-hmm. the only way that they're going to be able to make an RBC is to have it in the summer. Uh, and the summer in Fredericksburg uh, here is quite pleasant. And, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I spent a lot of time. I spent. Uh, I probably spent altogether about sixty or seventy days at Enchanted Rock in the summer, and uh, uh, so so I'm familiar with that. Uh, with that area and the temperatures and stuff, we'll work one out, and I'll tell you what I'll do is i'll I will talk to you directly in the next uh I'm writing it down here in my notes in the next uh week or so about about seeing how to make this happen and uh and how to make it the best situation for everybody involved okay all right uh, so I'm writing here in my notes that I'll call you uh. Well, I'll call you. Will you be around this weekend? I'll call you this weekend.
4: Yeah, you can call me, uh, but call me on my cell phone. You want that number now?
1: Uh, no, i tell you what. You, I don't, you don't have to give it to me over there. I don't you can mind uh, giving it to you. Uh, okay, go ahead.
4: It's 830-456-3665. Okay.
1: All right. All right, I'll call you this weekend, and we'll get that worked out, because I've... I've been talking to several of the other instructors about it too, about uh, where to have it, when to have it, uh, because as I said, it's it's very time intensive. But I I'm I'm completely unwilling to give them up. So
4: yeah, right, I, well, I, I just uh, know that you've got a you've got the 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 further shooting distances, you know, for the uh, and that would be something that would be nice to be able to do. I don't know if we just set one up somewhere. Uh, how easy it is to set up the 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 extended shooting ranges.
1: Right, and it has to be at a, an actual distance location because that's uh that's part of the uh the RBC is shooting at a full distance location. Uh-huh. But I'll talk to you more about that uh, this okay. weekend. All right, do you have anything else you'd like to get out?
4: No, that's about it. I just I'm I'm very interested in in this uh learning how to be more prepared. I you know, I I really would like to uh know how to how to keep the uh the how much how, what kind of inverter and how much power does it take to run, you know, on solar panels, uh, the the freezer or the refrigerator? And, and they don't have to run at the same time. So you could, you know, uh, just uh, schedule the freezer to run, uh, you know, a little bit during the course of the day and let the refrigerator run a little bit during the course of the day on the same, on the same right. system. You right. Know, well, I'm just... writing
1: that down also, and I'm going to send that to... Uh uh I'll have that uh as part of the questions for Jack when he comes. Make sure that you're look at that you look at the uh at the show because I, what I'll do is I'll post the uh I'm going to start posting the extended shows so that you guys can look out uh, ahead into the distance and see what they are and uh, and make sure you're listening uh whenever he comes on and then go to uh the com and I'm telling you you can you can go there right now right this minute and you can actually see go through the uh uh the questions and or look at the forum and they'll tell you exactly how to do it
4: survivalpodcast.com
1: right and there's a forum connected to the website and you can go in there and they have all of the believe me they've been talking about this for a couple of years so these folks have uh i'm not going to tell you they have all the answers because nobody has all the answers but they've already been talking about this for a couple of years. So they, believe me, a lot of folks have already asked the question that you're asking, because I've heard them ask it right. before uh, during some of his shows, and uh, they'll have the information there.
4: Well, you know, part of what, what your show about tonight is is something that I've always felt, uh, uh, it, it's, it's a mentality, a, a mindset that you have to have, and the mindset is, Am I a survivor or am I going to be a victim? You're only going to be one or the other. You're either going to use a survival mindset, you know, which says I can get through this, I'm going to make it work, or you've got the victim mindset that says, "Oh, woe is me! I can't do this because this happened, and and I'm just the victim of all of this." But you got, right. to, and then we uh, end up
1: seeing you. We see right. end up seeing you on the news on top of your house with a sign that says, "Help me! Help me!" Right? Yeah.
4: It, yeah. Instead, if you just adopt a, a, a survivor mindset, then then it, it changes your whole feeling about things.
1: Yeah, listen, I'm going to tell you guys this, too. I better not see anybody standing on top of their house with a sign that says help me with an Apple tea t-shirt on. <laughs> All right? Okay, well, listen, Mr. Glenn, thank you very much, okay. and I'll be talking to you in the next couple of days. Okay. All right, thank you, sir.
4: And God bless. You too. God bless you. Bye.
1: All right, uh, got another question from, uh, let's see, all right, uh, this is, Sam is telling me that Char wants to know about RBCs in DeVilla, all right, and uh, so I think that I kind of answered that, uh, at least partially, which is, uh, there'll probably going to be one coming up uh, in the summer here. Uh you can either email me or PM me for more information or just keep watching the schedule. As soon as I know, we'll get it posted and we'll get it put on there. Uh, okay. Uh, we've got another caller here. Uh, area code 507990, Freedom V. Hello,
5: hello, Scout.
1: Hey, how are you doing?
5: Doing good. Um interested in uh your topic tonight i've been trying to been somewhat concerned about uh rising food costs in general and and uh so stocking up the pantry a little bit and uh want to be able to uh to share if uh if something ever does happen and uh um been running the dehydrator a little bit this year it's pretty simple to uh Run some uh, five-pound bags of uh, mixed vegetables from the uh, the big box stores through the dehydrator and and uh, vacuum pack them, and they'll last
1: over ten years. And And right. uh, good, good for soups and stews. Right. And you brought up a you brought up a good point. Uh, or well, I'm not sure if I heard you bring it up or if it's just up here in the notes that I'm seeing here when I when I'm looking at your show notes. You're talking about. Uh, Price increases. Well, listen, guys, uh, if you've been watching the news, then you know that due to world events uh, that that there is going to be, and this isn't me uh, speculating on this, this is absolute fact, there's going to be increases in the price of items because there's going to be shortages. They're already on the way. It's already in the pipeline, uh, and you're going to see it very soon. So, if I were you, yeah. I would go ahead and pick up at least uh, minimal amounts of stuff and look it's very easy. You can go down there to the stores you can buy uh uh i would say minimally get yourself uh uh get the they've got the big fifty pounds or, or i don't know they're twenty five pounds smaller ones too but the bags of rice the bags of beans uh uh yeah bags of uh containers of flour et cetera stuff like that and then uh, uh at least have them bought and then uh and then look up uh the ways to store them correctly and one and that's one of the things that will that Jack will be talking about uh when he comes on is how to store food correctly for long term but i'm telling you right now that the prices are going to go up they're they, it's it's going up right now the only reason that they're not already up is because of the economic situation in the country currently uh, the stores don't want to immediately hit folks with that because they know that would be damaging. So right now the stores are eating a lot of the cost in the food increase, but they can't do it forever. So the prices the uh, the prices on food are going to go up, and it's going to be a substantial increase. And the I don't know goes, how long uh, this is going to be more. for. So you need to go ahead. if you, If you're going to buy some bulk items, buy them now. Don't wait around. Go ahead and buy the stuff now, and then uh, and then start looking at how to store it for long term use.
0: All right, and
1: uh, and as I said, you're, this isn't stuff that you're going to buy and put away and never use. What you're going to do is you're going to buy it. You're going to put it into rotation. If you eat, uh, if you guys eat rice once uh, uh once a week, uh, if, you, if you or your family eat rice once a week, then you're going to buy. This uh bulk amount of rice, and you're going to start eating through it and uh and you're going to replace uh, the stuff that you eat in bulk along with adding a little bit more than what you would normally eat, so that you're gradually increasing uh, your surplus of food. <clears throat> Don't think that the price that the the price that food prices are going to stay the same uh As they are right now, forever, because I can tell you that I'll tell you right now they're not going to, and <laughs> the other thing is is uh you know the price of of everything is affected by oil. You see oil prices are going up well, the only way that the food gets to your store is because a truck brought it there, all right, and when the the price of the food getting there increases, that has to be added to the food. So the price is going to go up. If oil prices go up, then the price of the food is going to go up. Now, I'm not. I don't. I have no idea of how much it's going to go up, but I can guarantee it's going to go up. So your dollar is going to go long, going to go farther now than it will in uh, probably in the near future. Absolutely. So if there are things that you need to buy, go ahead and get them now. Get them now and start uh, start researching. Start understanding. The idea that a rifleman is prepared, a rifleman is prepared uh, to meet uh, to the best of his ability uh, any situation that he can think of coming down the pike toward him. And uh, and freedom, you brought up another point that I think is really important, is that being prepared doesn't mean that you're a hoarder. Okay. It doesn't mean that uh and being prepared and being a hoarder is two different things uh whenever you're a when you're a hoarder, that's when you you hear of something that's happening and you run down to the store and you buy every bit of grain that they have. that means nobody else can get any. you got it all, you bought it all, you're going to have it for your family now, why did you have to do that because you didn't prepare? That means that a lot of people aren't going to exactly. have it because you went down there and you bought up every bit of it. So other people aren't going to have it. Now, that is not the way we want you to think, because that doesn't help other people. We want you to do what what Freedom was talking about earlier, is you make sure that you have enough for you and your family, and then a little bit more so that you can help other people. You can help others, because that's your job. It's not just taking care of yourself. You need to be able to take yourself and then go that extra step and make sure that you can help somebody else. And the only way that you're going to be able to help somebody else is making sure that you have prepared and that you've set aside enough that you can take care of your family first, because that's nobody's going to ask you to put your family in danger by giving away uh, supplies that you need to sustain them. What we're asking you to do is make sure that you've thought about this far enough ahead that you've prepared to take care of your family, and then you set aside more so that you can take care of, uh, or you can not take care of, but you can help your neighbor, you can help somebody else, that you can be a leader, that you can provide leadership and support to your community. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. The uh, One of the
5: other things we try to do is uh, turn the thermostat down and uh, – or turn the break we haven't actually turned the breakers off but uh in in the winter but uh uh turn the thermostat down and uh and just heat with the uh the fireplace and if, if someone that's uh heating the whole house with wood that's uh they don't have to worry about uh but if you're heating with uh gas or electric if you don't have the uh the electricity for the furnace blower you need to be able to figure out what you're going to do if uh, if that's not available for those one to three days with a with a winter storm or something like that?
1: Right, right. You and that is part of your part of your preparedness. That would fall under you've got the four things you're thinking about: water, food, shelter, and security. And that would fall under the uh, uh, the shelter aspect. Is uh, are you able to? Keep yourself warm in a situation where your power is out, because this has happened to a lot of people. It even happened here in Texas, okay, in Texas. (laughs) Why did it happen here? Because the electric companies in Texas uh, decided that uh, since it never freezes here, they would put their cooling towers outside. You know, other people keep them uh, in in a building where they can be warmed and stuff. In Texas, they figured it wasn't going to freeze, so they have their cooling towers outside, and they froze. So you had uh, the rolling blackouts uh, throughout the uh, the freeze that we had, the sustained freeze, <clears throat> and you had everybody talking about uh, how they were cold because it was 15 degrees and uh, there was no electricity to provide for heat. So can you go through that? Can you? Could you go through that for a week? Uh, could you go through that, well, first of all, for a day, and then for Absolutely. three days, and then for a week, and then... For two weeks. Can you get past that? Do you have some kind of a plan? Because that's what you got to yes. have is a plan. You you have to have thought about this because if you wait until the power goes out to start thinking about it, uh, you're in the wrong place, man. And there are plenty uh, of ways to prepare for this. There are plenty of things you can do uh, to prepare for this. You can, uh, at the very least, you could purchase uh, – one or two of those uh, uh, kerosene heaters that they make, and then get yourself uh, five or ten gallons of kerosene. All right, that'll get you through the the one day or the three day events that we're talking about. All right, now you're prepared for that. Now get ready for the week. Now think about the week. So you're living a lifestyle where you're you're not rushing out at the last minute to prepare for things. You're thinking about them now, today, when it's warm, when the electricity's on. And you're thinking about how to what what would happen if the electricity was off, if there was no heat, if you went over to the water sp- uh, spigot to the uh, the kitchen sink and pulled on the handle and nothing came out, okay? How can you can you deal with that for a day? Can you deal with that for three days? What about a week? You need to figure out how to do this. If you can't uh, get out of your, uh, can, if you can't get to the store to get food, are you good for today? Uh, are you good for three days? Are you good for a week? You need to figure this out. Uh, there's all kinds of things that could happen. Uh, as I said, there's there's everything in the world that could possibly happen, and you you don't need to look at every single thing that could happen. You just need to look at your end and say, were, we're anything to happen, whatever it is, situation X, Y, Z, uh, am I able to take care of myself for a day? Am I able to take care of myself for three days? Am I able to take care of myself for a week? Uh, it could be anything, you know. There's uh, uh, there are situations where, and one of the things that I, that I worry about at times is uh, is uh, say there's a, another outbreak of flu, right? And I'm not talking about the uh, uh, whatever the 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 fake one was uh, just recently, SARS. That's what it was where or or they kept uh, joking about you actually have a, a one in uh, 100,000 chance of actually getting sick. That's how dangerous it is. Uh, I'm talking about something serious where you don't want to be out at the store rubbing shoulders with people whenever something like this happens. You want to be able to stay in your home and, uh, and have the least exposure, the least... Uh, uh, the least possibility of, of coming across somebody else that's sick, and the only way you're going to do that is by staying at home and staying uh, away from other folks. Can you do that for a day, for three days, for a week? Well, you better figure out a plan. You better get ready to do that. It is a good idea to have some
5: of the uh, the filter masks, the uh, N95 uh, for uh, it's what we. I'm also a, a registered nurse, and that's what we use for. To protect yourself from tuberculosis or or uh, uh, respiratory problems.
1: Right. Well, you know, at the very least, you can just—they sell them at the uh, at CVS and stuff like that. You've got the the little uh, uh, paper and cloth mask that you can put on. Now, is that going to protect you from everything? No, it's not. But it's the same difference as whenever you are whenever you're looking at say the the fourth element of the survival, which is security. All right, you have the first, the very basic thing of locking the doors to your home. Is that going to stop everybody? No, there's no way it's going to stop somebody who's determined. But it's going to stop the majority of instances of the most likely possible instances, and that is somebody coming past your house, walk up to the door, and trying the handle. If it's open. Then they go ahead and they slide in to see if they can steal something. If you're in there, they may decide to hurt you so that they can get away. All right. Now, how can you how can you stop that? You have the doors locked. It does like I said. It doesn't prevent everything, but at least it prevents that a whole first tier of folks from causing you trouble. Uh, if you get the uh, paper mask and you wear them, if there's some type of uh, uh biological or illness thing if you wear the paper mask when you're out or the cloth mask, it's not gonna protect you from everything, but it's going to uh is gonna take away that first tear so these are the things that you need to think about as uh as a rifleman now, the show hasn't been about uh, calling on the line or about promotions or anything like that tonight, all right. And the reason why is because I think this is just as important as many of the other things that we do. The appleseed folks, the cadre, the instructors, the members are very special folks, and because of because of the the leadership that they've shown, they need to understand that they have a responsibility uh, to their nation that goes further than just. Uh, than just talking about Appleseed just instructing at Appleseed events, it means that they need to be ready to make sure that their families are taken care of that their home is taken care of, and that they have a the ability to step up in certain situations to provide leadership in their computer, in their community so uh keep watching because we're gonna have uh we're gonna have folks on in the future to talk more about this. And uh, we're gonna have quite a few other guests uh upcoming in the next uh in the next several months. Uh one of the things I'd like for you guys to do is uh we're gonna have a show upcoming show in the next couple of weeks about uh law enforcement and uh law enforcement attendance at Appleseed events. We're gonna be talking to law enforcement folks. If you guys have uh law enforcement folks that have attended your events, then we'd like to hear from them and uh uh just keep a watch for that show because we'd like for you to get those folks uh, uh we'd like for them to call in. If you have somebody that would like to talk about it,
4: then be sure and
1: PM me so that we can get them scheduled to be a guest on the show. All right, thanks everybody that uh that uh, helped out tonight. Uh I'd like to thank you, Sam. Uh great job tonight on the on the call screening and uh and thanks to everybody else who called in there with their questions and comments, and thanks to the folks in the live chat. Uh, Sam, once again, thank you, sir. Oh, Thank you for the privilege, Scout. And uh, we will see everybody uh, next week, 7 p.m. Central Time. Thank you all. God bless uh, to you all, and I will see you next week. Good night, everyone.
3: Good night, all.